Okay, grab your seats, kids. You've got your little gift bag there that we gave away. I think there's a little sucker. I think all parents, even if you are sugar-free house, tonight's the night to break that rule. So go ahead and settle in. We are glad your kids, your kids are here. Adults, can we just clap for the kids tonight and say welcome? We love you. Hey, kids, how many of you got to go to kids camp last week? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had over 900 kids here and over 400 volunteers. To all of you that volunteered, may your tribe increase. Thank you. I don't necessarily mean more children. Some of you are like, we're good. <laughs> we are good. <laughs> had this snip. No, we're good. No, be blessed is what I mean. Thank you for serving uh, for our text tonight, I'll be briefer than normal uh, for all the obvious reasons, uh, but our text tonight, I'm going to read one verse tonight out of Ecclesiastes chapter 8, and um, we're going to focus in there. So hear the word of the Lord. I'll read this one verse, and then we'll pray. Uh, so here's what Solomon says. He says, so I commend. Everyone say commend. So I commend to you the enjoyment of life. Because there's nothing better for a person under the sun in this earthly life than to eat and to drink and to be what? To be glad. I commend enjoyment, be glad, he says. Then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of life God has given them under the sun. This is the word of the Lord and all God's people said, thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, as we hear your word, we pray that you would speak. Lord, you know what we all need to hear. I don't know what we all need to hear. You know what we all need to hear. So I pray that you would speak to every single one of us. I pray that children would grow up and be old and remember this night, not because of me, but because of your spirit. So speak to us tonight and make us your people, we pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. So it's summertime. It's a really good thing. Thank God for every drop of rain that we've received today. We'll take it. And summertime is the perfect time to talk about something that I think is so important, but that I also think is a lost art among us today in this age of great anxiety that we're living in. And here's what I think we should talk about. I want to say something. I just make this kind of thesis statement, and it's this. We have a responsibility to do everything we can do to enjoy the life that God has given us. Now, immediately when I say that, I feel the pushback of a certain portion of you, and I understand why. So, so you're saying, if you only knew life right now for me, like I would love to enjoy. I would love to have a great time. I would love for it to be, so I feel that coming back and I understand it and I'm asking you just to hang with me for a little bit, I'll get there, okay? So I'm not talking about cheap joy, but, but I'm saying we have a responsibility as you look at the scriptures to do everything we can do possible to enjoy the life as, as one great poet said, the one wild and precious life that God has given us. Ecclesiastes 8.15, I commend to you the enjoyment of life because there's nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany them in their toil. He's, he's not saying it's going to be easy. He's going to say it's going to be hard work. But if you'll do this, you'll have joy. 
And I think we Christians need to develop a healthier theology of play. Everyone say play. We need to develop a healthier theology of play, of fun. And, and, and some of you are like, that, you know, where do you find play in the Bible? That's not a doctrine of the faith. And I disagree, Pastor. I knew he, he got woke on us and he's walked away from the true testament. And where do you find theology of play in the Bible? Well, first off, you, you just look at creation. And you go, holy smokes, did you see that? Have you seen those birds and did you see those flowers? And my wife is always buying flowers this time of year. I'm like, can we stop? You know? But it's just like this explosion of color and goodness of life. Like, Look at creation and tell me God doesn't love to play. And then you open the scriptures and you see one of the Ten Commandments is the command to take a Sabbath. One out of every seven days of your life, one-seventh of your life, God just wants you to totally throw it away in play and in rest. Like, we tithe 10% of our income. Like, there's this, like, Old Testament rule of, like, tithing 10%. God says, with play, I want it to be more. One-seventh of your life, just, just give it to me and have a blast, and you don't have to work, and take a day off, and sleep in if you can, and eat better food, and just, just have a blast. Where do you see play in the Bible? Notice all of Israel's feasting and festivals. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go up to the house of God. Like, we're going to church, and it's not boring. And we're going to leave our little rural agricultural area south of Jerusalem or wherever on the outskirts. And we're going to climb the mountain of God. We're going to make pilgrimage. And we're going to go and we're going to have a blast. And I was just at the Wailing Wall two weeks ago. Two weeks ago in Jerusalem. Friday night, Shabbat at the Wailing Wall. The Holy of Holies is just on the other side. The Temple Mount. The place where it all went down. There were thousands of Jewish worshipers there dressed in their finest clothes. It was nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. Your little kids would have been at the Wailing Wall two weeks ago if you were a worshiper. I'm thinking, these people are crazy. Like, these are the people that take kids to Walmart at midnight, you know? (laughs) But here they are at the Wailing Wall, just thousands of them screaming and dancing and reading scriptures and playing and old men locking arms and dancing in circles and young kids down low kicking their legs. It was crazy. Why? Because these are the people that understand that God is a God of celebration. We as Christians need to develop a healthier theology of play. And then you get to this guy called Jesus. And I think we do Jesus a disservice by making him this really stoic figure and furrowed eyebrow and he's just focused and he's just always thinking about climbing Golgotha and I'm just, like there were those moments, there were those moments for sure. Most of the time when you read the gospels, Jesus is just out playing. And he's accused of being a drunkard and a glutton. Like he's always, one New Testament scholar said, Jesus, when you read the four gospels, he's either at a dinner party, he's either going to a dinner party, or he's either leaving a dinner party. (laughs) Like how many times do you have to go to a dinner party and have a great night with friends to be accused of being a drunkard and a glutton when you're a holy man? Like Jesus did not sin. He never, he never crossed the line. He was faithful to his father. And he had so much fun that people didn't know what to do with him. We need a healthier theology of play. 
Where else do you see it in the Bible? You see it with animals. Psalm 104, it's this famous like creational psalm. Like the psalmist is like just going from Genesis 1, the explosion of creation, and he's just documenting everything he sees out there. And this little three-verse section, he says, How many are your works, O Lord? In wisdom you made them all. In the earth, the earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, and it's teeming with creatures beyond number, living things, both large and small. There the ships go to and fro in Leviathan, who you formed to frolic there. Like all these creatures are just playing in the ocean all the time. This is how the psalmist sees it. And, and, I, and God plays in his creation, and it's wild, and it's unexpected, and playful, and lively, and bright. I just picked up a few pictures that I want to show you tonight. Let me introduce you to the naked mole rat. <laughs> that looked like me before I got braces. I mean, like, like the naked mole rat. Just, he's naked. Ready to feed something. I don't know what he's going to feed or she's going to feed. But you just don't want to mess with her. I mean, she's going to feed. she got a whole litter of them. Anyway, ask your mom, kids. <laughs> Let me introduce you to the, everyone say, I-I. This is the I-I. Look at that thing. Look at that thing. I showed that picture to Lisa, and she said, you better not say that that's what I look like in the morning. And I said, if the hairnet fits, then you better wear it. Uh, anyway, happy 17th anniversary, Lisa. That was very romantic. I love you. I mean, the eye-eye. Like, you look at that thing and you just go, I don't even know what to call it. It's, it's the eye-eye. Got a couple other pictures I want to show you here. Look at this. Uh, do we have other pictures? Oh. Looks like they caught a 150-year-old grandpa and pulled him up out of the sea, you know? Just wow. Just reeled him in. <laughs> Tell me God doesn't have a sense of humor. He just had a great day when he thought of this. I got one more picture, I think. Maybe there's one more picture. Oh. Clean it up. Great pictures. Tell me God doesn't have a sense of humor. Humans are meant to play. Creation is meant to play. All the creatures are meant to play. And we humans, we do this with sport. We do this with board games. I watched American Gladiators when I was a kid. And I just, that was my life's goal. Was to be on American Gladiators. Anyone remember American Gladiators? Running across and shooting you down and knocking you out of the air. Like we come up with these games because of the image of God on the inside of us. We are made to play water balloons and kids just being kids surfing and wakeboarding and water skiing and Bree, I hope you bring the water balloons to the party on Monday. Forget what Lisa said. But the prophet Zechariah, when he was imagining 
the Lord's return to Mount Zion when all would be made right. Everything would be fixed. There would be no more tears and no more sorrow and no more suffering. The, the, the prophet Zechariah is imagining this, this scene and he just has this great moment of clarity and what he says in Zechariah chapter eight, verse five, he says, on that day, the city streets will be filled with boys and girls playing there. When the end has come, when all things are made new, when there are no more tears, there won't even be parents who are mad about kids playing in the streets. Everyone will just be happy about it. We'll have learned, we'll have developed fully that healthy theology of play. Historically and sadly, Christians aren't always thought of as the most joyful people. There's sort of this sardonic newspaper columnist and a social critic named H.L. Mencken, and he said Puritans, and this is what he called Christians, serious-minded Christians, Puritans are people who have a deep foreboding fear that somebody somewhere might be having a good time. <laughs> what a sad reputation, right? Frederick Nietzsche said Christians have no joy. Now look, that's, that's, that's probably an uncharitable read, granted. But, but from people who are looking in from the outside, very often they think that Christians don't know what this is about. And I can just say that there have been times myself when I have found myself joyless. Where I've lost my, my healthy theology of play, where I get so serious and life sort of collapses in on my soul. And, and can anyone else admit that there have been times when you've been joyless, where you've been on the verge of, of losing that play in you? And what happens is we, we lose our innocence and we get over busy and we feel the pressure and the stress of life. And the question is, if we need a healthier theology of play, if we need to learn to be a new kind of person, how do we do that? And I'll just say that Jesus tells us that children are uniquely qualified to show us the way into joy. All the kids said amen, right? Come on, kids, you listening? You drawing? Come on, playing Tetris on your mom's phone. Put that thing down. <laughs> children are uniquely qualified to show us the way into joy. Jesus, in Matthew 19, he says, at that time, then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples, they have no healthy theology of joy. The disciples rebuke the kids. Get out of here. Shut up. This is serious business. You've got to preach. The disciples were so overly angsty and, and they'd lost their sense of play and Jesus hadn't. And he rebuked them by saying, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Matthew 18, he called a little child to him. And he placed the child among them. They were saying, Lord, who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? Who can sit at your right and who can sit at your left? And who's gonna be the vice president when your kingdom fully comes and we kick the Romans out? And Jesus called a little kid to him and he placed the child among them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Not because God wants you out, but because joy is the passageway in. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Can I show you just two short videos? It's one minute total of videos. Can, I, can we do this tonight? And then we'll almost be done. I want you to see a couple sets of kids who can teach us the way into joy. Watch joy with children. First video. Ha, 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 ha. 
Those are a couple little boys in the UK. I think they were in Ireland. Just, just simple joy. Let me show you this second video. It's like 25 seconds long and you will be howling. Video number two. Turn, this, turn the audio Starman. on. I'm not gonna tell you again. Sit back. Sit back. Girl, sit back. Stormy, girl, <laughs> sit back. <laughs> she's, this is like pre-articulate. She doesn't even know what she's not saying. <laughs> what happens? Let me ask the question. If joy, if we need a healthier theology of joy, if joy is the entrance into the kingdom, if we need to become like little kids, I want to ask the question, what happens when joy begins to overtake us, when this healthy theology of play gets down in our bones, Solomon in Proverbs 17 said, a joyful heart is good like a medicine. But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. There have been seasons where I have felt so brittle inside. And at some point it becomes my fault because I'm giving up the inheritance of the joy of the Lord that is good like a medicine. And, and, and so that's why I said at the beginning tonight, it is our responsibility to do our best. And I'm not saying life is always working with this, but to do our best to enjoy the life that is given, God has given us. And when we do, joy becomes good like a medicine. Nehemiah, the, the prophet, he rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem after the Babylonians had crushed them and taken them away from the promised land. And they come back home to the promised land and he helps rebuild the walls and he does the work and he gathers the people and he calls them to a festival. He throws a party after like 70 years of exile. And what does he say? Nehemiah said, go and enjoy. 70 years of exile, life had fallen apart. They had been separated from family members. Family members had died while they were gone. And they, they, they're totally displaced. And they're coming back together and their hair's all disheveled. And they don't really have their home situation sorted out. But he calls them together. The walls have just been sealed up. And he says, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. And send some to those who have nothing. Take care of the poor. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve. Why? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Please hear me clearly. I'm not saying that life will be easy. I hugged a friend, a brother in Christ, who's in this room today, who yesterday had the worst day of his life. Yesterday. We were emailing back and forth last night, praying for each other, sending scriptures to each other. It was a terrible day yesterday. He's here at church tonight. And you know what? He's pressing in somehow, some way. He, he's fighting through. It's not easy. This is a difficult season of his life. There, there's sadness. There's heartbreak. I, I'm not trying to give you a cheap and a plastic joy. I'm not trying to say life doesn't happen because it does happen. And we do go to funerals unexpectedly and our hearts get broken and we watch the news of what's happening in the world. Of course, there are times where you need to put on sackcloth and ashes and just grieve, okay? I'm not creating a false dichotomy here tonight. So if you're in that season of grieving, enter into that season and when the Lord gives you permission to move from it, 
you'll hear the invitation of the Spirit. Life is difficult at times. The Israelites had experienced this. Nehemiah had experienced this. But I want to, so I want to say this. To be invited into God's joy is not to suggest that life will always be easy. But with joy, it certainly will be more bearable. And that's what I want to say tonight. If you are in a season where life has fallen apart, you have to really try to create, find your way into moments of joy and celebration because the joy of the Lord will be your strength. So let the kids teach you. When I'm in a funk like this, this happened recently. I was driving around town, just kind of, I had my two boys with me and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, ask the boys what we need to do. And I did not want to do that. I wanted to get home and put them in their bed and whatever. It was like three o'clock, you know? They went to bed early that night. It was a good one. And I said, boys, what should we do? And I was so mad at myself for saying that. And they said, let's go to the arcade. Okay. So we went to the arcade and I got them each a $20 card and just threw $40 away. And it was the best 90 minutes I've had in a month. Because my kids taught me that the joy of the Lord is actually our strength. And I wanted to hurry home and focus and get work done. And, and my, the Holy Spirit said, ask the boys what we need to do. And Jesus said, ask the kids what you need to do to find your way into the joy of the kingdom of God. So if you are in a season like that, do the intentional work of trying to create a moment where you can stumble into joy because the joy of the Lord will be your strength. And if the joy of the Lord is our strength, it makes perfect sense that the devil would do everything he can to attack our joy. So tonight, this is an invitation to play. This is an invitation to be re-childlike. This is an invitation to watch the room and pay attention to the ones who are bouncing around and say, Lord, what does it take for me to get back there tonight? Get your friends together. Go to the bowling alley. <laughs> Laugh a little bit. Go get some ice cream. Do what you can to be childlike. Ask your kids from time to time, what do we need to do? And then just follow them. They're following you all of the time. Follow them some. And let the joy of the Lord become your strength. We're closing here. Jesus in John 10, 10 said this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Church, would you stand with me tonight? If you don't have your communion elements, would you raise your hand and our team's gonna quickly come through the room. Kids, communion elements. Some of you are like, oh my goodness, I, is this okay? It's okay. It's okay. Jesus is happy about this. I'm going to wait just a minute as communion elements are coming through the room. But tonight, friends, hear me. Hear me. God wants to give some of us our joy back tonight. Those of us who've lost it, he has an invitation for us. Tonight, he's going to teach us childlikeness. He's going to teach us tenderness. He's going to bring us back into the life of the kingdom of God. So I'm praying that as we receive communion tonight, by the power of the Spirit, a deep work of God's renewing joy would happen in us so that we could have our strength back. Can you say amen tonight, church? Amen. So if you could get these communion elements and begin to open them. If kids spill on your nice dress, 
Lisa will pay for your dry cleaning bill. It's fine. But tonight, hey, kids, can you hear me? Kids, can you hear me? Okay, if you're by someone you know or love, like a parent or an auntie or an uncle or a grandparent, a friend, I want you to put your hand on their shoulder. Adults, if you're with someone you know and love and trust or someone that you kind of, I think it's okay, would you put your hand on their shoulder and begin to pray that the joy of the Lord would be their strength again. Begin to speak blessing over them. Begin to speak God's peace over them. Begin to speak God's provision over them. Let's create this moment here. The Lord has a moment for us tonight. And so Lord, I pray that you would give us our joy back. I pray that you would heal us tonight and that you would restore us tonight. And Lord, for my friends who are in that season of sackcloth and ashes, preserve them and keep them, it's okay, Lord. I pray that you would surround them and give them permission to be where they are. And Lord, I pray that you would give them the assurance that it's not always going to be this way. And so for everyone in the room tonight, I pray, Spirit of God, that you would visit us, that you would touch us, that you would heal us, that you would renew us, so that the joy of the Lord would be our strength. And all God's people said, amen. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took the bread and he broke it. You can break that little wafer in your hands. And he said, I've got you. This is my body, and it's broken for you. Jesus was thinking about us. Jesus was thinking about the world. Jesus was thinking about others. Jesus wanted to restore play. Jesus wanted to heal the world, and he said, I'll be broken temporarily so that the world can be put back together. And so, Jesus, we receive from you tonight your strength, your renewal, your refreshment. Friends, you may receive the bread. And on the same night, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant given in my blood and it's given for the remission of your sins. Jesus says, I'm addressing all the bad stuff. And as often as you do this, remember me. Tonight, as we take the cup, I want you to think about being so parched, so thirsty, so exhausted, and you're like racing for that water bottle, that Gatorade, that drink. And then you take the drink, and it's like, oh. Tonight, some of us are so thirsty, and we need the renewal of Jesus, and he's here to give it. Tonight, you may receive the cup. And let's sing this song together and worship and have some fun in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. I was so far away. I was so far from home. An ocean between us. A distance too great. Shore, no glimmer of any hope, and on the horizon, the light of the world.
All right, one more time. Give me about 30 kids. One more time. 30 kids. You're going to come help kind of speak blessing over. Yeah, here they come. Come on, kids. 30 kids. We're going to stretch out. Yeah, come on. Mac, Dad, you're back. He's back. Here you go. Come on up. All right, kids, up here to the front. This is your time, okay? I want you to stretch. Okay, we're going to just break the rules. Come on up. That's great. It's perfect. Don't tell the fire marshal. Yes. Come on up. Here, right here. Okay, yeah. Stranger danger. All right, very good. Got the side eye. Hi. Okay, kids, will you stretch your hands out toward the adults? Okay? And what we're going to pray is as they go tonight, that they would get the joy that you have, okay? That they would get the strength that you have, that they would get the, all that goodness that Jesus said you have, that you're going to impart that as you pray. So, so begin to speak blessing and, and grace over them. Lord, we speak blessing over these adults. All of us adults, make us more like these kids and make us more like Jesus. I pray, Lord, that the joy of the Lord would be our strength. I pray that you'd fill us with gladness and boldness and playfulness and delight restore our innocence and make us childlike again tonight we pray in jesus name and all god's people said amen amen okay give it up for the kids all right kids go back go back to your parents as we say on these nights you don't have to go home with your kids you just have to go home with the amount of kids that you brought okay just kidding go home with your kids so church have a blast tonight Go be playful. Go get some ice cream sometime, kids. I'm not making any promises. But uh, go from here in God's grace and God's peace. And we'll see you soon. Much love.